0: Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of After the Cerveceria podcast. Uh, today, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, he's a national touring headliner. Uh, he's got a podcast called The Walk Off, uh, if you're a Jace fan. Uh, we're joined today by Scott Belfort. Scott, thanks for being on the show, thanks buddy. Thanks for
1: having me, gentlemen.
0: Absolutely. Amol, well, where were a we this silky, week? Silky,
2: smooth voice in these headphones. <laughs> nice. That sounds nice. Right? Way less
1: annoying than yeah. when I
2: was back there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> give, give us an hour. It's only like, give no, you an hour, yeah. Amol's voice is real annoying. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were in uh, Stronghold Brewery, Fort McLeod. That's right. Uh, today we God's are. Country. God's, God's
1: country. God's country. God's country. Right. We heard about that. We, yeah? we, we discussed we, that. We discussed that.
0: Uh, today we're drinking their uh, cream ale, uh, Bison and Crown. Did I get that right? I'm going to mess this up. Where's the name of this? creamale It says in the back. You're right. We're oh, yeah, Cremail. All right, we're, we're good. good. You're nailing it. Uh, all right, let's crack it. <laughs> there you go, Scott. Okay. Uh, one for our audio man, <laughs> this Jason. This is
1: the most difficult part of the podcast. I think so. Yeah. yeah. The drinking the beer. And we to ASMR. Yeah, that's nice. All right, gentlemen, Kay. cheers. Cheers, Cheers. Gents. Thanks for having me, gents. Mm,
2: thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. That's oh, delicious. Yeah. That yeah, that's good. good. Stuff. That's good. Okay, stuff. yeah. I like that. I like that we're not doing an IPA. Like my inside. Yeah, this is, I think the first week where we're not doing an IPA. This <laughs> might be the first week we're not doing an IPA. <laughs> yeah. I okay, so I don't know Juan came up with the idea of Cerverse City yeah. and called me because we were going to do like a podcast, we didn't really have an idea right. of what we wanted to topic. And he's like, "Do you want to do a beer podcast?" I'm like, "That sounds great." That sounds he's way like, better than dice- dissecting comedy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> like, "How do you feel about beer?" And I'm like, "I'm more of a, a hard liquor guy." And he brings IPAs every single time, <laughs>
1: so it's
2: been a. It, is this
1: hard enough for you? Yeah, yeah. it's been a challenge.
2: Uh, easiest challenge ever. Nine percent <laughs> all the way. Mm.
0: Yeah. So Scott, you you have experience with stronghold. Yeah, and, actually, uh, it's. I funny. don't know if you've seen the episode, but we actually brought it up. So oh. it's in the episode, you get a shout out. Um, so make sure you check that lovely. out lovely. You're like, yeah, obviously yeah. check it out. No, yeah, that's I was great. Like, Screw that guy that you
1: booked instead of me,
0: basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like when they first opened up, I had been in contact with them and they wanted to run a comedy show, but we're very I, I I'm probably stepping on a bunch of stuff here that was already released, but like they got a lot of pushback about even opening the brewery they up, did. right? Yeah. And like They were dealing with that, which all craft breweries need to eventually deal with the old-school people who are like, why aren't we just drinking Pilsners, right? 100%. I usually say Coors
0: Light, but pilsner, Right, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Coors
1: Light, Pilsner, you know, wherever you are in the country, I guess it depends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it was a bit of a tough sell at first to get them, because they would like to do comedy, but they were still struggling with just getting people to drink their beer, right? Mm -hmm. So they were like, well... You know, reach back out. So, every few months when I was back out west, because I was out east at the time, I'd be like, hey, what about now? And it actually worked out in February. I went and played their their brewery right before the whole world shut down. So, it was awesome. And it was for their one-year anniversary. Their one-year anniversary. They sold every ticket. Like, they could only get 44 people in there. And they were like, oh, man, we could have went way bigger than this. Like, this was great. So, yeah, hopefully comedy... continues (laughs) continues <laughs> to get back to the point. They yeah. seem like they
2: really want to keep it going. Right? They do. Yeah.
1: Like, like, abide by the COVID
2: restrictions, mm-hmm. but also keep comedy going, which I think we all would love to uh, do. Yeah. And um, me and me and Scott have discussed it. We haven't got into the particulars, but it sounds
0: like
1: Funny Man Inc.
0: and Southern yeah. City are gonna team together and yeah. do a whole brewery comedy thing. That would be a
2: great yeah. combo. Southern Alberta. Heck even yeah. we were, were
1: talking the Barley Belt tour. The Barley, the Barley, Barley, Barley Belt tour. has got a ring wow, to it. That does. And hey. uh, <laughs> you know, we were we were at
0: Born Colorado two episodes ago, and they're part of that Barley Belt, and yeah. Yeah, they're pro comedy. So yeah. Yeah, fantastic.
2: Yeah, we're gonna it make just, that happen. You know, they go hand in hand. Like, like, they do. Like even if you watch a comedy special. On Netflix, Mm -hmm. you're not watching it with a water in your hand. Mm -hmm. You got your favorite drink or an easy drinking beer, just something to like relax. Hard day at work, you just want to watch a comedy special, you crack open your beer. Yeah. A nice beer. Just a nice beer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, it it really opened my eyes when I moved out east to Halifax because uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but I mean, Politics aside, Rachel Notley did a lot for the craft brew industry in Alberta, right? Who is literally years behind a lot of other provinces when it comes to the craft brew industry. And it was all about the minimums. And it was all about the minimums, yeah. So once they upped that, the craft brew industry, once they put a more reasonable level for people to not need to brew a shit ton of beer, right? It made it more viable Mm -hmm. for smaller breweries to pop up, but you go out to Halifax, and honestly, every small town has a brewery, because they're about 10 years ahead of everyone, so we started doing shows in breweries, and uh, my buddy Mark Anthony, Synagoga out of uh, Toronto, super funny dude, hilarious, we, very funny, big funny Italian guy, and we <laughs> uh, we set up about... I think it was, I need to look back, but it was like somewhere in that 11, 12 breweries in about 14 days range type of thing, and it went so well, and I never performed comedy in a brewery before that point, but one thing I really found about breweries is that it's a labor of love much like comedy is, right? So it's, every brewery has a story, and that's why I love what you guys are doing, because you get to hear all these stories, you know? Like, even when we were in PEI, guys like, oh, I was a lobster fisherman for years, and then decided, screw this, I've been brewing, brew under my deck for 25 years, I'm going to shift into that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, every brewery has a unique story, and it's kind of cool to watch independent comedy come together with independent breweries, and, uh... It's, yeah. it's crazy you mention that because, uh, we go to these breweries and we have about an interview and there are a
2: few processes, about an hour and a half-ish. yeah About an hour and a half. And there's so much footage and our editor takes all that and has to drill it down <laughs> to like 16 minutes. And I, Kent does a great job. I feel so bad for yeah. him because it's so, <laughs> there's so much there. I'm sitting there yeah. watching it and I'm, I'm just like, how do you, how do you, there's so much gold here. How do you find the 16 Minutes? And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a great 16 Minutes, but it's But that's uh,
0: exactly what we're trying to do, Scott. Like we're trying exactly. to give them a voice, you know. Yeah. So many people just see them as a business and as, as an establishment. But everybody has a voice and has a reason to get into mm-hmm. it and has a reason why they're doing it the way they're doing, much like comedians have their voice on stage. Right. And uh, I think I think it's kind of working out pretty
2: pretty well that way. It is, it is. Uh, we've we've made the comparisons. I guess there, there there are, you're right. It is a labor of love for sure. There are a lot of comparisons. We've had a couple times where we've talked to the breweries and they have they have collaborations and they're they're working yep. on on beers with the community or uh, with charity groups mm-hmm. and then you you look like at comedy and and this podcast is a collaboration you know and you see comics trying to set up charities and yeah, yeah. there's so many one-to-one comparisons um but that whole small town vibe really i I'm from a small town from Manhattan mm-hmm. and I moved to Calgary about 15 years
1: ago yeah you instantly got the small town vibe there yeah, yeah, when oh, they yeah. were hanging out. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, and I, I think it's revitalizing some of these small towns watching. Like, Stronghold had zero nightlife. Or, I, sorry, Fort McLeod. And then Stronghold Brewing comes in, and all of a sudden, yeah, people want to i mean they're only open till 10 p.m. or whatever but like mm-hmm. you know people are going out for beers you're seeing all these old farmers drinking cream ales and IBAs <laughs> and it's like this is cool right like yeah, you're this, absolutely
0: right yeah. the beer
1: yeah. culture's shifting and it's it's nice to see you know yeah it's way better than this mass produced as someone who at 18 started out drinking nothing but Wildcat Strong. Oh, boy. Wildcat, I, I don't wow. even know what I that is. Sounds like the black ice. <laughs>
2: that was the whitest beer ever, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. What'd you drink? Oh, me and Poppy drank Wildcat beer. Yeah, 12% Yeah, blue yeah, shot. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 8% for, <laughs> you can get 12 of them for $12 back in the day, right? Yeah, oh, anytime wow. you're paying less than $2 a oh, beer, yeah, there's an yeah, issue, Yeah. Oh, man. No, but you
2: instantly got uh, a small-time vibe Uh When we left, I actually made note. um, There are three roads there. Yeah, and two of them are the highway. Yeah. So one is going east, one is going west, and one is where through Main Street. The danger zone. Yeah. Yeah, The other danger zone. Uh, (laughs) Fall off the beaten path. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and yeah, we brought kind of brought up uh, when they first opened. It sounded like they got a lot of pushback from the, the community, and and it's super awesome to see that they're thriving.
1: They had people straight up tell them it'll never work. That's crazy. Like they had to, they really had to believe in themselves that they could make it a go of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is asking a lot of a new business owner, you know, for constant, for all of your feedback to be like, not here. And then to do it anyways and to watch it succeed succeed. like it has. Yeah. And
2: I mean, not to make the correlation again to comedy. Well, no, making the correlation again to comedy. I mean, I think we've all felt that too. Yeah. Where when, when you first started comedy, did you, did you ever face anyone? that, you know, you said, I want to do comedy, and uh, <laughs> they I think you we all, we all have that you, you rare story where you're like,
1: no, everyone in my life was
2: super supportive. Yeah, will like, never
1: make it. Yeah. It's, it was really interesting, too, because when I started, uh, it would have been September 1st, 2008 is when I moved from Grand Prairie, Alberta to Edmonton to pursue comedy. And when I got to Edmonton, and don't get me wrong, because the Edmonton comedy scene now is... One of the best in the country for the size of the city. It's incredible. You've got a a mic or two a night. They're great mics. People come out for them. They've got some uh, buzz behind them. You know, they're cool rooms, which is great, you know, because they're hot rooms and you always feel funny in them. For oh, shit, when I started, man, like, <laughs> there was one comedy open mic every Sunday, and so if you wanted more time, you had to crash music open mics, we crashed karaoke bars, we crashed, like, when we were, like, in my first year of comedy in Edmonton, there were literally signs on almost every every music open mic door, no comics welcome. <laughs> like, <you> know, wow. <laughs> and I get it. You know, we went to these music open mics and learned how to do comedy. Who wants to watch that, yeah. right? When you could hear Bob Seger night moves performed by somebody, right? This is not cool.
0: Like, this is night moves. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because open mic comedy is, is where we learn, right? It's yeah. never polished good stuff no it's, and yeah. for some reason and, and if it is fuck
1: way. that guy yes, <laughs> exactly. stop
0: doing your A material on Sunday at Juliet
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's weird that you know music is the same way you go to an open mic and you listen to an open mic comedy or sorry open mic music and it's it's equally just as bad mm-hmm. right and when we- <laughs> but we get shit on so
2: much. Yeah. And it's was like, well, yeah, that's music, but it's not, it's you're, not you're, good music. You're totally right. I don't know a single musician that ever hears, ah, you weren't just that, that good. People are always like, oh my God, what you're doing up there is so good. You oh, know my, what it I, is, though?
1: Is that comedy demands attention. Yeah. It does. If you're going to get the joke, you have to be paying attention, right? right? Whereas they can take a cover band, stick them in the corner of a room, give them their hundred bucks, and be like, hey, you got to play for two hours. Yeah, Go. Yeah. And and does- if people aren't enjoying it. They don't give a shit. They just tune out, right? Yeah, you can still totally hear right. Skinnered covers, you know, in the background and, and live your life and talk and bullshit and stuff. Whereas we go to a wing night and we're like, everybody put your wings down. <laughs> <and pay attention. laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to tell a joke that might or might work. You know, might or might yeah, not, like not it's work. Like, yeah. a, it's like it's
2: a seventy percent chance I might forget certain words. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I was gonna say seventy percent chance it works. Jesus, what might yeah. have you been doing? i am doing my a material, Julia. Jesus. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm listening to the Kevin Hart uh, audio tape right now. If mm-hmm. Kevin Hart's listening to this. We'd love you as a guest. Uh, <laughs> He's not,
1: <laughs> <just> not <laughs> that <laughs> Kevin Hart. A couple, a couple
2: of weeks ago, I tried getting a job at Disney, so I'm just, I'm just fingers out there. Um, I'm constantly tr- being replaced on this podcast, so mm. yeah. it's a constant fear. Of I my... haven't brought it up yet, but it'll happen. I'm sure <laughs> it will. It will. It's just, it's like, it's
1: like expected. Um, so, well, if you want a replacement that uh, white people can pronounce their name, I'm your guy. One, perfect. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, Scott's coming for, for your job wow. now. <laughs> we've never had. We've never had a guest. Nobody's that actually trying to replace. Like, I want
0: your place. Uh, <laughs> that's I, gonna be a PR nightmare. I, I'm if We get rid of a mole. Sweating for
2: Scott Belford. I'm sweating bullets right now because that's a good <laughs> replacement. <laughs> but I mean, you you have a you have a podcast you're working on already, yeah, you, so you're super. You're like busy. stay in your lane, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I barely drink beer and talk at the same time. Um, but no, so I'm listening to uh, Kevin Hart's podcast uh, or uh, audio book and a big thing that he's talking about was, you know, open mics are where you work on your material for the weekend, for mm-hmm. like the actual shows. So when you have people that go to the open mic and they come up to you after and they're like, oh, well, here's how I would have done it better. You're like, <laughs> yeah, that's obvious that wasn't the best yeah.
1: performance. Um it's crazy how it works too, because I mean I'm 12 years in at this point, so obviously when I write something, I'm much more accurate as to if it was fun- it's funny or not than I was 10 years ago, right? Of like you just yeah. get a feel for what your voice is and what's going to be funny coming out of your face hole, right? So when I write it down, I'm still to this day even though when I look at something and I'm like for sure that's funny, I go on stage it still shocks me sometimes what is and isn't funny, you know, like the amount of times the the setup line that I thought was just leading into it was the funniest part of the bit and yeah. I was like oh, I should be writing it around this, not yeah, this right? Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh and without trying it in front of people, it's why this friggin' pandemic is just Impossible. killing comedy's heart. So difficult, you know. Like, you just never know. For I sure. give
2: I give props to uh, to people that have done the whole Zoom mm-hmm. uh, comedy shows. Uh, I, I jumped on a couple of them just to watch. It's not
1: for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it, I didn't it was, do a
2: single one. I jumped on them just to watch to be like, okay, could I maybe do this? And it just it it didn't it didn't feel right. I'm sitting there laughing. Yeah. Uh, but they're not seeing me laugh. There's no feedback. There's no direct feedback. Um,
1: Have you? Did you do any? I did one, and I one. really didn't enjoy it. Yeah, so you knew so, not to do it again. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I wanted to try it and see how it felt, but I honestly viewed it kind of like, you know, like I moved to Toronto from Edmonton, and I was in Toronto for five years, and it is just grind city there, yeah. right? Like there are so many mics, but so few quality mics. So it's really hard to get an actual read on what's funny and what isn't funny sometimes because you're performing to a bunch of comics and they're not even comics that are paying attention. They're comics that are waiting for their turn to play on the microphone so that they can hustle to the next show because if you hustle, you can hit three shows in a night. Three terrible shows, but three shows, right? (laughs) So it's great for getting the words out, but when you're actually trying to develop a rhythm and hear where where the laughs are, where the silence is, where you can play with whatever, right? what you're trying to develop, it becomes very difficult. So that's kind of the mentality I went into those Zoom shows with, is like, I'm just in a basement with eight other guys yeah. waiting for my turn to play on the microphone. And so just kind of having that low expectations did make it easier, but at the same time, you're still you're still like, well, nobody's laughing. Right. I made a, I made a point personally to
0: watch one yeah. before I agreed to do one, and I watched it, and it was a dumpster fire. And I was like,
2: nope, this isn't for me, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. It's again. um, I always tell like a lot of my friends are like, "Oh, well, that's so cool. You do comedy," and I'm like, and they ask me like, "What it's like?" and all that stuff. I'm like, it. The only way I can uh, relate it back is imagine working on a project for work, and then uh, the event happening, and then having feedback all in one five minute set. Yeah. You. It's a brand new joke. I don't know what's gonna work. I'm at a live event. Yeah. And if they don't laugh, that's my boss coming up to me and being like, here's direct feedback. Immediately. Immediate feedback. Yeah. And then I have to pivot. Yeah. And I have to, so I go on stage and I, uh, I record all my stuff and I listen to it right away. Yeah. Because it's super fresh. Um, and I'm like, Oh, same thing you said. I'm like, wow, the setup was great. That was a terrible punchline. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, did you, you, we talked off uh, off mic, but did you work on material?
1: Like, how, how long were you working on
2: material COVID?
1: Well, I actually did yes and no. Did I develop material? No. Did I write down premises I thought were funny? Yes. And then the night before a show, the first show, so the comic strip in Edmonton opened up before anything because they kind of cheated, they're circumvented like the rules a bit. Yeah, <laughs> and They were like, even though we're a live performance, we're still going to social distance and do our thing. And actually, I went there. I felt super safe. Alberta Health shut them down because of the precedence that it set, mm-hmm. right? Alberta Health was like, the last thing we need is people saying, well, they're doing it, we can do it, and not do it near as well, right? So they shut them down, but I, I did the one show, and I wrote literally 10 minutes, and almost all of it worked. Like, it was just... I, I think, fuck you, Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just what a nice guy. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, though, everyone that night killed because everyone in the crowd was so excited to be there for yeah. comedy, yeah, and yeah. so much of the stuff was COVID-related and just how you had right. felt and emotionally dealt with it, and just kind of like the weird shit that was in your head. That I think so many people related to. So people were killing that normally don't even kill just because, yeah, everyone relates, you know. On top and we're it. not, we're not a year down the road. Right, yeah. where people are like, remember lockdown? And everyone's like, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, stop yeah. bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Like it's still fresh enough that even though everyone's talking about it, the perspectives from every person, someone there kind of gets it, you know? So I think that went really well. And then after that, Everything else that wasn't COVID related that I did, I was like, oh come on, right? <laughs> and that was supposed to be the
0: good stuff, right? You don't you remember keep... what
2: it was like in December? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's been a long I would year. I just I would just love to write 10 fresh new minutes and a crush. First time. That, yeah, he, that was like, you know, a every flex. aspect of, <laughs> of the performance, whether it be the performing, the and writing, and he the said act it? outs, everything. He said it like, so I, cash. Fucking crush my 10 minutes. <laughs> he said it so but cash. I, but you make a good point as to why. Why it did. Yeah. You're absolutely correct.
1: Um, Because comedy has to be relatable. Performing at the Empress in Edmonton or the comedy Monday night in, yeah, I've in Calgary it. Or, Weird
0: Flux uh, Against Go. Well,
1: I just mean people are it's 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 so much more of a hot room yeah, yeah. than a regular open it's mic. It's hard to do That's all room. I'm saying. No, you're right. You're also right. you guys are shitty. But yeah.
2: <laughs> It's true. Oh, wow. uh, after you've done comedy for 12 years you can say that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah best flex ever. I and mean, then you like you Instantly, we were like, but no, it's okay, guys. This is no, you're really good. That's why that's yeah. what happened there. Um, did you so stronghold? Uh, they are a family company, yeah, yeah, which Mother, is super cool.
0: brother, father, sister. Which I don't is, know if I said that in which a weird way, is crazy but.
2: that they're just like the entire family was like, you know, what we should do as a unit brew beer and yeah. yeah. like live together and live together, yeah, yeah, they also live together. Like, I lived with my sister for, uh, I think. Two months, and by the end of the two months, I was calling my parents up and being like, You raised one of us wrong. (laughs) Probably me. And it's
1: crazy
0: because they don't they don't bicker, they don't argue, they don't fight. I met
1: all four of them, and they're all incredible. They're all very focused and um driven for this very driven for this very driven plan. Like even talking to them about when they made the decision about the size of I don't even know the the technical term for the things they're brewing the vats or whatever they're we'll call right? the vats. yeah sure <laughs> we'll yeah, <laughs> <about> <laughs> the, the worst v- part yeah. is is like I want to ask a beer podcast correct you but I don't actually know the brewing magic houses <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know that they looked into it and were like you know what a lot of breweries go too small to begin with and then need to you know invest a bunch of money to get bigger right. vats or <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, you and can keep up changing, yeah, yeah. But you they keep changing the names of these items. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But like the big tanks? silver thing, Yeah, the, the
1: big silver tank thing yeah, that the beer comes. They from. pour the barley yeah, yeah. in the top, and the beer comes up the bottom. Yeah. I well, think. I don't
0: think
2: that's exactly
0: how it works. But you it sounds
2: very scientific.
0: Yeah, he sounds nailed sounds it. it. Yeah, yeah I'm almost yeah, killing it here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I bring to the table. That's why you can't replace me.
0: Well, Scott is making some pretty good beer tank back. You want the guy
2: who can kill ten minutes fresh. 10 minutes to be your co-host, he would be your host. You would be the guest. Yeah, well, he
0: probably do us some good.
2: He's got a bigger
0: following than I do. Anyway, sorry, you were saying.
1: Um, yeah, I just I just it's a very unique story. I just really like it. I uh, the weird when you guys were at the brewery, did you see the what was it? Hundred and fifty year old church doors that yeah, they had yeah. brought yeah, yeah. in with the like.
0: It's wild. Brass hands and like. Yeah, like almost. I think they're lion crowns. Yeah, like it's so that. crazy. Like, yeah. like it. The history. They. You even like. It, yeah, I swear to God, it's. We didn't touch on it, but I'm pretty sure that's the original floor in that place. The way it creaks and the way. It it, is. Oh yeah.
2: It was when it was school walking down the street. Uh, they have old-school-looking theaters, they have old-school, like, everything in yeah. the pharmacy looks, everything looks like relics from the past, and mm-hmm. then you walk through the door, and instantly you're like, oh, we're in the 21st century. Right. They did such a great job of blending old, rustic atmosphere with new materials, a yeah. new vibe, right? Yeah. And, they wanted to make sure they kept uh, that history. Yeah.
0: You know, that and, Fort McLeod is known for. and Right, Brokeback Mountain. That and <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> uh,
2: we uh, we actually touched on uh, not uh, Rogue Bant Mountain, but uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but the uh, the flights, the holders, yeah, are modeled after the towers from Fort McCloud. I did not know that. Uh, I did not know yeah, that either. We chatted about that. Did at the I chat about that? No, no, no. Uh, oh,
0: okay. I was like, we like, oh like,
2: go, my god, yeah, I don't I remember, was I know. Die. Off, <laughs> uh, off, uh. <laughs> Off camera, we're chatting with the owners there, uh, and uh, I, I might be getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were modeled, because they're they are in a little uh, a little pyramid. It is, yeah. So that
0: it's super I cool. do know. It so, is, is in this pyramid, and they got poker chips, what I thought was dope, yep. um,
2: to make sure you knew which beer you were drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is super cool. So even in the way they serve their flights, it's respecting the Fort McLeod heritage, yeah. but with a new twist. Yeah, right? And that's super cool. Um, so, touch on this being a family run business. Siblings. Yeah. Okay. Who is
0: funnier, you or Claire? Uh, for the people at home, Scott has a
1: sister. Yeah. In comedy. <laughs> I mean, I'm funnier, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's pretty fucking
0: funny. She's pretty uh, funny. Yeah, yeah, she's here's great. the thing yeah. with I've only met Claire once, and it was actually at Empress in Edmonton. Nice. And, uh, is she, I, and honestly, she started that room. She's the OG Empress. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, shout out to her for yeah, that. Right? That's a great room, isn't it? A great room. Um, I swear to God, the biggest laugh I got that night as an MC was basically riffing off of her joke, <laughs> which was I felt so good because I was that bomb I was telling you about. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was basically just telling the it was a, basically a joke about dating twenty six year olds that don't have sheets on their bed. Yes. And uh, duvets. Yeah, and I just went up, and I was like, Claire, I'm a 26 year old. (laughs) Yeah, and I just have one question. What the fuck is a duvet? <laughs> <laughs> I got the biggest laugh, and I should have
1: wrapped it there, and I didn't. Yeah. I yeah. But yeah. <laughs> You're like, and then I learned from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned from that. Experience. Yeah.
0: You know what the messed up part is? Nobody
2: explained to me what a duvet was. <laughs> I had to go home and Google. It. I'm surprised you didn't Google it right then and there and order yourself one right away. <laughs> well, comedy money, you know. <laughs> yeah, duvet is like a like a rich white person's. He's, sheet. It even at least it's got that silent T, so it's a rich white for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like mom and dad just called those top sheets. And you just, you Without know, even knowing what it is, no. I know that this is not something in my budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, for sure. And if you were cold, that. you would just use that as a blanket. <laughs> right. Like, they it instantly went from like a duvet to a blanket. Like, instantly.
1: <laughs> but yeah. what's this in English?
2: Yeah. <laughs> God, it sounds so <laughs> It's so funny. I had that conversation with my mom two days ago because I had to go grocery shopping for them. And my mom told me the Indian name for a white radish. And I'm walking around, it's called muli. No shit. That's what it's called. And that's what I grew up with it being called. Mully. So she said it. That's what she said. She's like, go pick me up some mullies. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I got to, uh, I got to Safeway and instantly realized, I don't know what the fuck a white radish is <laughs> called. <laughs> so I'm walking around and I couldn't find it. So I had to call my mom. I'm like, mom, what's it called in English? Wouldn't it I'm just 32. be a white radish? It's a white radish. Okay, it is. Okay, And yeah. I had no idea. I'm like, Mom, what's a mully called? And she's like, What? Mully? And I'm like, No no no, no but in English she's like, white radish.
1: And she's questioning my intellect? <laughs> and I'm like, 32 uh, years. Obviously, it's a privileged radish, you yeah, <laughs> <it's a laughs> loser. <laughs>
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to petition co-op and superstore to change the name of all the <laughs> so radishes a, and
1: asparagus. It's and, a radish that has a sign wow. that says all radishes matter.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: red radishes are talking about changing their name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Man, how do we turn radish into a race issue? <laughs> I don't know.
0: How the hell does that happen?
2: Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, so, UK, so sibling rivalry, that for you, like, for me, it's very different. I have four sisters, I'm the only guy, so obviously I win.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I went to Well, Texas, it was so really that. interesting with me because, like, I've also got three siblings. Um, Claire is my youngest sibling and there's about an eight year difference between us and I was about four years into comedy before she started and she had literally gone to I bet you... And I'm not exaggerating. Three, 400 of my shows over those three, <laughs> four years. And here's the thing with going to three. Another weird flex by Scott saying yeah. he got 400 shows in his first four years. <laughs> That's fine. Continue. <laughs> yeah. That's my MO is weird flexes. <laughs> <laughs> nicest, nicest guy I know. Yeah, We like, do keep shitting just on go it for him.
2: Sure. I like, was oh. saying that. Literally one of the nicest
0: guys in yeah, the and
2: we brought him <laughs> here <to shop>. yeah. <laughs> He's going to go home and be like, you know what I'm never doing uh, again? Yeah. Working with Juan or a mole Okay, so uh, you did the, 300 to 400 well, shows.
1: But the thing is, is that if you go and watch three to 400 open mic comedy shows, any person, any sane person would be like, well, I can... Do this, yeah. like what is the worst that happens? Like, yeah. if you see three hundred open mic shows, you've already seen the worst that can happen. Easily. It can't get worse than what you saw, you know. And you're not crazy, so
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it will wear at you. Yeah. Comedy will wear it, you. <laughs> but, yeah. So like, she uh, she started in the first year she was in comedy. She did really well, but it was really frustrating for her because she was just. Scott Belford's sister right. in Edmonton, and then I moved to Toronto, and then she moved to Toronto a year later, and she really made progress in Toronto, where I s- had to slug along a lot longer than she did. And so by the time I left Toronto, I was Claire Belford's brother. You know, oh, <laughs> like, I, was, you no. know? I was like,
0: "Come on, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been had this four years long <laughs> Were you Were you headlining after four years? Ah, uh, I mean, out west, yes. Yeah, I but mean, not east. No. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, it took me a lot longer to get a foot in the door there. Absolutely. um,
0: Yeah, but... So you knew what it was like to be a headliner, and then people were referring to you... as uh, as I couldn't even get on a good open mic
1: show for the first 18 months. That's the thing with Toronto, that a lot of people don't get in their head when they move there, is you have to prove to the Toronto comics you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so many people move from other communities that are already established comics and just leave right away, and they expect that obviously. And then so many people who are just starting out, they're like, "Well, you're going to quit, <laughs> right?" Mm. So you, you've got to show some uh, stick withedness. I don't know if that's a term, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you got to show you're in it think, for yeah. the long. And, that, and to not? a lesser extent, that happens in Calgary too. Of
0: course, yeah. it happens uh, in every scene. I season. mean, you know, when I first met Amol, I was like. I'm probably not gonna remember your name.
1: <laughs> and I won't need to because I probably won't see you again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: And, uh, and nine uh, times out of ten, I would say eighty percent of the people that touch an open mic stage mm-hmm. for the first time yeah. do not last.
1: And why should they? Yeah. You need a certain. <laughs> you need a certain fucking deficiency in your brain to constantly to constantly need validation from a yeah. group of strangers. It yeah. is a weird thing well, that broken. fills my. Void, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, Where my dad didn't say I loved you, <laughs> yeah. and now my audience says, and I'm like, Dad, I don't need you anymore. Dad, if you're listening to this, he's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 um, literally, uh, that's actually what Juan said to me when we first met. Because I started in September, so I'm the youngest one here. I mean, that's not the first thing I said. When I know, did, first, when did the, we do the the stew show together? Uh, that was in January. That was January, right? That yeah. was January. Uh, yeah, so I started in September. Uh, we were doing Crystal Bell's uh, show at Kaylee's, I believe it was. I, I believe it's pronounced Keeley's. Keeley's, Keeley's. 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 Crystal Bell's lovely half. guy, uh, and we didn't have a host, so. Chris comes up to us and says, guys, before you're done your set, introduce the next person. Right. That's all you have to do. And I, I see Juan's name. Maybe met him once before. I go up to him I'm like, yo. And
1: once. Was, yeah. Right, buddy? Once. <laughs> and it, it
2: was like one of those, like, one, one of those things
0: where he's like, hey, I'm a mall. I was like, sup. And then I went back to my notebook because it was at an open. Public. Yeah.
2: And I was like, hey, man, cool if I introduced you with a Juan pun. And he looks at me, straight face, looks up. No. <laughs> it looks back down. I was like, "Cool, we're not friends." And I did my set. I'm like, "Next is uh, is one four zero guys, bye." And I mm-hmm. like get off stage after he comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm uh I'm I'm a dude taking or you were producing a show at the time." Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, who "Scott knows the show." Yeah, he's producing a show, and he's like, "You want to come by on Tuesday?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Validate that we are friends. Fast forward like four months later. We and are. we're friends. <laughs> you showed
1: up to that show, and you're like, oh, I guess we're not friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it
2: was uh, But I, I did that show probably about five or six times. Every, <gasps> every Tuesday, Juan with us? This and you would be like, hey, rough.
1: where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but Amol, that's what you should be doing, right? Yes. Like, this is the thing. There's, And this is one thing that does drive me nuts about smaller scenes is the entitlement of comics is crazy. Because it's if true. you don't go to Toronto or you don't see a bigger scene, you don't really get what a grind it is and how much work you have to put in to make even a little bit of headway. And if you're funny in a small scene, you get, the world is your oyster, right? Like, if you are funny in a small scene, you're going to get all the stage time you want. You're going to constantly be getting pushed up, right? Because small scenes need funny people. And it's why you watch Saskatchewan, you watch Alberta. These are comics that are on the road six months in out doing 30 minute sets I was one of those guys and I fucking had no business doing 30 minutes, I probably had 10 minutes, but these are opportunities allotted to western comics, allotted to maritime comics that would never in a million years be given to Ontario comics and it's why there is a bit of a superiority (sighs) So ladder, uh, f- yeah. Like there's, there's. To you Vancouver talk to Ontario Toronto. comics, and they truly. I don't. I don't think they would say it, but they do feel like they're further ahead than the smaller scenes because of how much more of a grind it is. Yeah. Which it's just a different muscle we're all using, right? So, if you're still pushing yourself in a small scene and you're still striving to build time and build an act and by 3 years in you have a really good 30 minutes and you're pushing headliners on the road, that's just as valuable in my opinion as the guy in Toronto who has a super hot 7. <coughs> but you know what gets Work. but you know what gets you festivals and stuff is a super hot seven so yeah. I mean it's a double edged sword right and it's why I think a lot of westerners get a little bit of a beef towards the east when it comes to comedy because we're not as well represented on a lot of these festivals and shows as Toronto comics are and our seven minutes probably isn't as tight though like that's the mm-hmm. truth but we get frustrated because we're like, well, if you put my 30 against that 30, it's way better. And it is yes. because they're not working on their 30 because there's no road work to be had for someone who is two, three years in or very little. Or you need to be friends with the right headliner yeah. who's going to give you that work on their own, right? Like it's it, – they're there aren't very many guys like, let's say, Nigel Grinstead out of Toronto, who was like, you know, he was getting work with Yak Yuck three years in. That is a one in a hundred, one in a thousand story, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Just out west, there's this, just this vibe. You're you're almost born as a stand up with twenty minutes. So. I don't. I don't really have a point to this. I just. kind no, of... I, on no, on. I, think, I think.
2: You're right. You're right. You You've made good points throughout. throughout. I, think, I think.
1: At the point. Well, to
2: summarize, and I may be wrong. Uh, yeah, we do. We had uh, before COVID. We Juan and I were talking about this. Uh, we almost had two two open mics a night. Yeah. So if you didn't get on one. Yeah. You could grab your stuff. And do another. Yeah. And you definitely so, get on. And definitely get on, because we only have so many comics. Yeah. Right? If you have, you know, six of the comics on stage at, uh, at Oak Tree, you know, the other six should run to, uh, I think Pigs and Duke had a show at one point. Uh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So, you get on there, right? And it was just getting from show to show to show. Yeah. Uh, and again, bringing back the Kevin Hart, uh, Audiobook because that's what I'm listening to right now. It's it is about stage time and it's about the grind. Yeah, and you know, hearing that people out west uh, don't get it because it's it is easier to get on stage. Yeah, people out east, you know, they have they have a little bit of chip. It makes sense. Yeah, they're doing the grind that my in my mind, I associate with comedy.
1: And that's why I love that you go and play. Juan's old shit room on a Tuesday. And this is what every comic in Alberta, every comic in Saskatchewan, every comic that isn't allotted all the mic time they can possibly want if they hustle should be doing. And this is where I was talking about entitlement. It does drive me a little nuts when a comic in Moncton won't do a show because of, oh, I'm not being paid but you've Jesus. only you've only done 30 sets like the only reason you're <laughs> getting God. paid is because you're funny for a guy in moncton that's 30 sets in yeah right like so you, you this is what i'm talking about the small scenes right is yeah. that the funny people rise to the top but then they get this like entitlement yeah. and a lot of these guys just or women or uh, when i say guys i'm just being everyone. old you know i mean everyone yeah uh, they'll fizzle out because All of a sudden, four years in, they think they should be headlining. They shouldn't, right? Like, obviously they shouldn't. And they're like, well, fuck this then, right? Yeah. Whereas anyone who moves to Toronto and moves back is going to be way better off because at least they get it, right? They get what a privilege it is to be in Calgary and have such great mics. Mics that have been established and man, my heart breaks for the Tea Room and Oak Tree that like, these are just venues that because of the pandemic don't exist anymore and they were a couple of the best shows in Calgary. Always had a great crowd. Always had people paying for comedy. The MC was paid. The headliner was paid. The seven minute set you got was always a fun blast and if you bombed, you know what? The producers were awesome enough to still book you again two months down the road. Yeah, like this is all stuff that doesn't happen in Toronto, right? I think, though, I know. I mean, we're still
2: we're still in phase two. What's uh, mm-hmm. the whole, once this whole fan- pandemic gets sorted, vaccines, all that stuff. Uh, Calgary has a very unique, thriving art community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, especially you know within our age bracket, uh, where they're excited to be able to go to uh, mm-hmm. right now. We have Mill Street. They have an annual or a weekly show with uh, Austin Manikam. Yeah, and he is sold out. Yeah, going he he is booking a month and a half in advance. Yeah, and he is sold out for the next show one week prior. Amazing. So we we have this community, and Mm -hmm. I think when when things kind of calm down, I hope I hope a lot of the showrunners, a lot of
1: producers. Are able to work things out with I bars. I think it will. I hope. so. I think it will. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think there's going to be some uh, creativity that mm-hmm. comes out of this too. New ways to run shows. I know all my money making shows the last month have all been backyard shows. I've been playing yeah. to people around their fire pit, around their backyard. You know, like it's been shows that I've never done before. That took you know, like I last weekend I did two in Sherwood Park. And uh, that was, I think, around the eighth time that I'd done backyard shows. And it felt great, you know? Like, it, you actually started to get to the point where it's just comedy. But when you first do it, it's like doing something new anywhere, right? It's like, yeah. even if you kind of, the muscle memory is there, you're like, this is weird. You're hearing car honking in the back, and you're you're hearing... Planes overhead and like a dog's running around the yard. You know, like there's just distractions that you wouldn't normally see. And uh, I think there's going to be some cool stuff that comes out of it though. You know, absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, We got to wrap up soon.
0: Sorry,
2: guys. Um, No, no, it's a very talkative person here. No, no, no. no, (laughs) no, It's great. Uh, No, it's good. I actually, yeah, no, I was, we talked about civilian rivalry, we talked about Lethbridge, Stronghold Brewing, man. Fort McCloud. Fort McCloud. God damn it! Hey, um, this is probably a good time to say I'm looking for a new host. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting it for it. There we go. Uh, new uh, opportunity. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, know some like you know, our drive down was super fun, but I think you you highlighted those indirectly by <laughs> yeah. talking about going to different shows and stuff. Yeah. It was it was great. I, I really enjoyed um,
0: the setup first of all. Um, was super easy. Ailey was really easy to get a hold of and communicate with. Um, and then her and Tom made for, for great interviews. We honestly it to the point where it was almost like we were just having a conversation, laughing and having fun.
2: Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of out of all the breweries that we've interviewed, we had a lot of like this b roll blooper reel. Yeah, that was genuinely
1: just you guys enjoying each other's companies. Like, yeah, there were just yeah. weird moments where I felt that same way with that 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 family like. Every single one of them, I just like had conversations where I'm like, these are just genuine, heartfelt. Yeah, you know, it felt like hanging out with people
2: who I had met for years, and it was just like, oh, we went to high school together. You guys started a brewery, I did my own thing, now I'm just kicking it with you guys again. Yeah, which is super nice. So, and and
0: the beer is great. So, the beer is incredible. If you're traveling on Highway Two and you're going through
2: Fort, Highway Three, yeah, Highway Three, it's Highway Three. Highway to oh, either way, way. Yeah, if you're yeah, around yeah.
1: Fort McLeod, if stop you're in a f- stronghold you you Incredible brewery, stronghold. incredible people Incredible <laughs> beer, I'm plugging here Are you, I'm taking over I'm just going to have one you out of this Yeah, wow, I lost my job today Thank you, stronghold <laughs> It's uh, so okay. No, uh, it's actually Did I mention me- about killing with my first 10 minutes back? <laughs> oh, wow. Your brand new <laughs> shows <laughs> are <has new choice. laughs> Brand new killing. Uh, no, but like
2: it's it's such an easy drinking beer. And, and you know what I love about this? Uh especially because you're here, Scott. Uh we've been having a beer and we've been having a great conversation. Yes. And I think mm. I think that That's when I think for. I think having a beer, my mind isn't Having a beer, getting messed up with the boys. It's having a beer and having a great conversation. This is an easy drinking uh, pre mail.
1: Yeah, it's great.
2: All right. Very enjoyable.
1: That's it for today, Scott. let the people know what you got going on. You can check me out at the uh, Laugh Shop Blackfoot Inn, July 30th to August 1st. This isn't going to come out before then. So we okay. have checked you out. So, <laughs> so, <sorry>. Never mind.
2: <laughs> What's your IG? Where can we find uh, you? You
1: can, you can find me on Instagram, TheBelf, and you can find me on Twitter at TheBelf7. Awesome. TheBelf7. Uh, and, uh, uh, the belf 7 Awesome. And podcast? The Walk Off. If you're a Jays fan, a baseball fan, a comedy fan check it out. (laughs) Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah, both of them, wherever you find
2: your podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, My name's Amol. You can find me on IG. Uh, Amol does a funny. Juan, where are we next week? Uh, One last shout out
0: for Stronghold. Next week, we are wrapping up season one at Hubtown Brewery in Okotoks. You can find me on Instagram at Juan Forno Comedy uh, or you can follow the the show at Cerveza City on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you got Belford for joining us. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Oh, I do have oh, one more sh- plug I can do here. There sure you go. No, it's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm at the Edmonton Comedy Festival October 14th to
0: 17th. Perfect. Edmonton Comedy Festival October was... 14th to 17th. Definitely get tickets to
2: that. <laughs> one more plug. Uh, make sure you check out Stronghold Brewing uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Stronghold Brewing. That's their tag. Co-hosts, this is your chance to redeem yourself. Wrap it up. Alright. Uh, next week. Juan, where are we at? Next week. Wh- Oh, sorry, guys. No, 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 hit it. it. (laughs) If you know the answer, get
1: it. (laughs) You're in Okatokes. Yeah. Ah. Damn it, I
0: should have listened better. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're wrapping up season one at Hubtown in Okotoks. Uh, This should be a fun episode. Uh, Be sure to tune in. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like, comment. Follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, I've been your host, Juan Forno. Thanks again to Scott Belford for uh, joining us, and my co-host, I guess, Amol Suri. Have a good night.
2: (laughs) Take care.